If you're listening for a podcast about the life and times of Rob Van Winkle, you may want to turn to another podcast. It may be hard to swallow. You may find that the news is mind-blowing, but we are a toy podcast to the extreme. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 246 for the week of Wednesday, the 9th of November, 2016. I'm Adam, and with me tonight are... Ben. And John. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff, Pop Culture Superstore, and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is the Funko Alien Queen Oversized Pop Vinyl, and our discussion topic is another round of the ABCs of toy collecting. everyone i've not been here for a while so it's nice to catch up with you all excellent thank you almost spiffing Ooh, almost that's interesting john yeah great okay. <laughs> i'll go with a great okay and then we'll find out what was almost spiffing. <laughs> i uh i got a new phone this week so cool it doesn't burn which, which, no no i got a lg not a not a samsung so cool. Uh, Let's be specific about Samsung. Some some of us have Samsungs (laughs) that that don't burst into flames. I I went from Android 4.0 to 4.1 to Android 7. (laughs) A little bit of difference. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, this means every app I had on my old phone had to be reloaded. Mm. I don't know the passwords for any of them. Yeah. So I still don't have email working either. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? When you do something on your computer and it's, or your phone and it says, do you want me to remember the password? And you go, sure. And then two years later, you have to put the password in for some reason. And you think, oh, I wouldn't have a clue. So you're madly looking for that forgot password, you know, link. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Cool. That's, that's what I've been doing for the last week. Excellent. <laughs> uh, updating. I like how... Um, most of the, the major manufacturers have that app that allows you to copy stuff from your old phone to your new phone. When I got my um, new Samsung Galaxy, I just installed the app on both phones and you know pressed the send and pressed the receive, and it just moved everything over to my new phone. It's quite um, dare I even say spitting. Oof. That that worked fine on Mrs. Nerd's phone, mm. but mine was old enough. The Android version was old enough; it wouldn't load <laughs> that program on it. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. When uh, I yeah, travelled for work a couple of weeks ago, um, I was getting on a, a major flight from one side of the country to the other, and because it's a direct flight, it's absolutely packed. Like every seat's taken, and there's big uh, signs everywhere at the airport in the Qantas departure area, talking about the Samsung Tab 7 uh, issue, and it's saying that if you've got one, you're not allowed to take it on the plane. And as I was standing in line and just sort of talking to a a colleague I was travelling with, and I said, oh, you know, what what do you do if you've got one and you're not allowed to take it? Do you, you know, if you have to get on the flight, do you give it up? And then one of the flight attendants overheard me and they said, oh, you could just go and speak to that chap. 
And I turned and sitting in this tiny little pop-up booth, which wouldn't be out of place at a, you know, Punch and Judy show at a kid's birthday party, was this little Samsung booth with the saddest looking man sitting at it. (laughs) He he was obviously the Samsung rep. And if you had issues of any kind, uh, you could go over and chat to him and he just basically looked like he wasn't having a good time at all. <laughs> I felt like going over and having a, a chat to him just to cheer him up. Mm. Mm. And then I guess you're pretty much just going to send it home anyway or something anyway. But... Yeah, well, I'm not sure whether he's there to sort of take it off your hands and career it home for you or, or yeah. what the plan was, but he just it was just a little chair with a little table and then there was a banner hanging above his head that said Samsung and it was just this it, it's almost like um you know in the the old sixties black and white T V shows they'd open the briefcase and then that thing would just sort of pop out and the booth would be there. That's what it felt like. It was a, a very shoddy little thing. Yeah. So mm, poor guy. Anyway. Yeah. That, that's my exploding Samsung story of the week. Awesome. So what was almost spiffing about your week? <laughs> no, no, my, my week was spiffing. It was good. Excellent. I, uh, I resolved the fact that my home theater receiver was dead and the cost of it being uh, resurrected wasn't worth it. And I went about researching and looking into a, a new one and found one at a store that uh, I was pretty happy with. And then there was a, a superior model that I was even more happy with, but the price was considerably more and i was uh, having lunch with a friend who now works in the same uh, vicinity as i do same um, part of the city and when i was talking to him he said oh i've got a friend that still works at one of those stores i'll give him a ring and see if he can get it for me for staff price and uh, i said oh okay and not expecting much and the next thing i got a message and he said hey he can get 40 percent off for you it's all right and i went oh, wow yeah, yeah. So I went, hooray! So I have a new home theatre receiver sitting there waiting to have the thousands of cables plugged into it. Hooray! Just need, just need some peace and quiet to do it. I'm sure you don't have the right cables. Uh, it all, it's all looking good so far. I'm, I'm just yeah, I'm going slow and steady and using those nifty little plastic cable tags and actually writing on them so that I know what everything is because once you plug all those suckers in and have them hanging out the back, uh, it can be hard to sort of keep track. Because uh, I'm one of those people that um, there's so many ports on the back of the receiver that even if I don't use them, I'll still plug cables in and then just leave them hanging out the back so that if I ever need them, I don't actually have to get into the back of the receiver because they're already plugged in. I just have to grab the cable and do something with it. So, That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. My, uh, my, my luck would be I'd have they'd all work except for, like, one. And then <laughs> I, I, it wouldn't, you know, it just wouldn't match. Yeah, yeah. And that'd yes. be like a HDMI port that goes off to your TV. Or yeah, something important. Something important. Yeah, yeah. The, the one that goes to the TV. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And how have you been, Mister Adam? You've been tarting around the countryside, gallivanting. I have. Even? I have. I've been uh, on a, a bit of a jaunt over to um, Japan and Hong Kong. Right. Uh, yeah. So lots of great stuff to see and do. Um, the, the Samsung Galaxy Note thing in airports isn't restricted to Australia. I didn't visit an airport that didn't have such a sign. Um, I think they even, oh, did they have it? They might have had it in some of the ferry ports, I can't remember. Um, oh. And they have the same warning about going on the, the high-speed rail and, and the trains in Japan as well. So that no one wants any of this crappy Galaxy Note 7 thing that Samsung pushed. 
<laughs> I understand the airplane thing. Yep. Because there's an environmental change, but I don't understand the train thing. Um, if you go on some of the trains in Japan, you'd kind of understand, considering how packed they get. So it's not so much that you're going to total the train or whatever. It's just a, okay, by the time that someone goes and gets an extinguisher and puts this thing out, you've probably burnt four or five other people. I tell you, they must be cheap. <clears throat> if you were looking to pick one up, I'm sure they'd be going for a steal. Are they actually, are you allowed to sell them anymore or have they yeah. been? No. Mm. They got, well, here you're not. Yeah, actually. they got banned in most countries. Like yeah. just, you can't sell it. So, yeah. But travel was good and I think we... um. We went without cracking the shits at anyone most of the time. Um, <laughs> How did you go with the loot? So actually, it wasn't the prices weren't that good for anything that you knew was definitely not a knockoff. Mm. Um, so I mean, you know, I got a pair of shoes for forty percent off, um, and Beck got some clothes and things like that. But looking at um, anything about games or DVDs and things like that, it's kind of pointless because it's going to be the wrong region for Australia. Um, toys, there were, well, there was a couple of stores in Japan that had reasonable prices, but nothing I was after. Um, and then once I got to Hong Kong, it was a case of, I'm not going to bother buying anything because I always guarantee if it's a decent price, it's a knockoff. Gosh, I think the internet has ruined us, hasn't it? It really has. I mean, if you can get, pretty much, you can get things that basically, you know, um, more or less what the retail, or a bit more than the retailers pay. And mm. then you just pay mm. shipping, so you may as well just do it. Mm. Yes, great trip. <laughs> Excellent. You saw some cool stuff, though. I know, because I saw your pictures. So Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff over in Japan to look at. Um, there's a few things that are a bit disappointing, simply because when you see them from pictures on the outside, you go, oh, okay, that looks really cool. You're not allowed to take photos on the inside, but on the inside it's, you know, the original thing got burnt down or knocked down or whatever, you know, three or four times, and the latest version is just a big concrete thing. Right. Mm. Yeah. yeah. How rude. Such is life. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Hmm. All right. Well, shall we move on to a bit of news? Yes. Huzzah. Yes. Excellent. Let, let's. X-Men. Mutant power within. Logan's claws extend, just like in the movie, to do battle with Sabretooth's swiping attack. Ah! The evil mutants must be stopped. Magneto's magnetic power traps Cyclops. Gotcha! Storm's lightning lights up the sky. The Cyclops fires his optic blast. Mutant power within. Wolverine's missile-firing X-Cycle. Yeah! Claw-slashing Wolverine cuts evil down to size. X-Men. X-Men figures in X-Cycle, each sold separately, batteries not included. Well, before we get on with Toys of the Week and other features every week, we like to have a bit of a look at the news items that we've noticed throughout the week that we're all interested in individually. Um, clearly, these are the things we care about. There may be things you care about that um, we haven't seen, and there are ways you can let us know via Facebook or Twitter or Reddit, um, but we'll go ahead with the ones that we've got. Uh, ben, you have a first piece of news, so over to you. I do. Thank you kindly, sir. And we're kicking things off at the high end of the market. And uh, Prime One Studio continues to crank out even more high-end goods. Uh, and this time we are not talking about one-third scale. We're going all the way up to one-half scale. So a half-scale polystone statue. And this is Wonder Woman. 
from Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice, uh, and I do believe they have done the other two characters already. So this rounds out the trinity. If you are interested in uh, half-size humans in your house, and hmm, <clears throat> um, you know, uh, when I first saw the photos of this, I was I looked straight away at the armor and and whatnot, and I thought it looked fantastic, and the really realistic skin, the way they've even done the veins, sort of in her arms and everything, and then. I noticed the portrait, and uh, yeah, I have to say, uh, it didn't grab me at all. Mm. Um, it's, hmm. I think from certain angles, I, the head-on one, and I wonder, I wonder if it's just angles, you know. Do you think she's another Buffy slash William Shatner slash Harrison, uh, Harrison Ford, where you just, you know, it's that that slight sort of offset and suddenly you've ruined the whole aesthetic. She, maybe Gal Gadot's just got one of those kind of faces, but I don't know. I, this just doesn't look like her at all to me. I just, mm. I, you know, she's got her head tilted slightly down. So I kind of wonder, you know, if you had this up on a shelf or a table or something mm. and it was actually looking down at you, if it would look more. Yeah. Better, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. don't think I'd want to put, a half-size statue on top of a table to look down. Anyway. <laughs> and well, certainly the rest of her looks good. She's got uh, her sword, her shield. She's got her lasso um, coiled up on her hip. Uh, everything else looks great. The armor looks sensational. The actual um, leather uh, straps actually look to be separate pieces. I'd say even the skirt is uh, mixed media. So a lot going on here. Beautiful paint of the armor and everything. But... It'd want to be because it's going to set you back $2,100. Yes, $2,100. Holy dooly. And that's before shipping. That's before. Yes, I can only imagine what shipping would be on something like this. Anyway, she's going to be out uh, third quarter 2017. She's about 40 inches tall. So uh, I'd uh, start saving your uh, cash now. And if you've got any reward points, boy, you're probably going to have to use them. I I don't think I'd want to. 40-inch tall, half-naked, sexy, toddler-sized woman. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. Takes all types. Anyway, let's uh, move right along and let's talk about Sideshow. Actually, sorry, we're talking about Hot Toys. Uh, we knew this guy was coming. He's now up for sale. It is the Hot Toys Doctor Strange 1-6 scale action figure. $235 and available third quarter 2017. And, uh, yeah, it looks like him. And just as you'd expect. Um, and in terms of uh, costuming and stuff like that on one-six scale figures, there's a there's a ton of stuff going on with this dude. Like he doesn't have the spandex, so he's got the full-on um, clothing. This is a really, really good use of that kind of, you know, mixed media thing happening. The, even uh, without the, the red cloak of Agamotto or actually whatever it is, no, the cloak of the shun. Anyway, um, that uh, book of levitation. Yes, thank you. It is delicately woven. It's delicately woven, okay. Uh, his blue outfit, there's a lot happening there. It looks like there's multiple layers, and his leather belt seems to have about three or four different layers as well. I reckon you're actually getting your money with this one. Your money's worth. Yeah. It's quite impressive. Quite impressive. 
I do like that. Uh, anyway, yes, it looks like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, he's got uh, some pretty damn awesome costuming stuff going on. He comes with uh, a couple of extra bits and pieces, in particular those really nifty spell effects, the the big sort of um, circle thingies that he can attach. He comes with uh, the Eye of Agamotto. He comes with the Book of Ashanti. Uh, he comes with about a zillion hands, including his... Um, has he got his devil rocking hands? They don't actually look like full-on, you know, Ronnie James Dio concert hands. Yeah. He's kind of got his own version going where he's not quite sort of curling the the um, ring finger and middle finger down to his palms. Maybe yeah. that's copyright or something. It looks almost it's, a bit more like a Spidey web shooter. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a bit like that. Um, he's got a nice little backdrop that comes with it too. It looks like you're in the uh, Sanctum Sanctorum. I actually quite like this. I think they've done a really good job. Captured his likeness quite well. I think the costume looks fantastic. Um, Some nifty little accessories. Hmm. Now, has anyone seen the movie yet? No, it's only fancy. Yeah. It only just came out here last night, so... Yeah, I haven't seen it. Uh, He's he's actually got a browned cummerbund. So so you could say Cumberbatch's cummerbund. Nice. Nice, yeah. <laughs> anyway. And the, 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 the cape is magnetic. They attach. So oh, is That's kind of cool, too. They, they did that correctly. Yeah. Hmm. And he still manages to get the 30 points of articulation and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Very cool. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, moving right along, we are going uh, back up the uh, dollar chain again. And uh, if you could... Uh, well, you have the choice of either buying your half-scale Wonder Woman, or you could, well, you could probably get three and a half of them, four of them, in fact. Um, we have Sideshow Collectibles Life-Size Stormtrooper for the princely sum of eight thousand dollars. Is everyone still with us? Haven't fainted? Passed out? <laughs> if you had eight thousand dollars to spend, would you get a Stormtrooper, or would you go for like a Vader or a Boba Fett? You'd have to go with the Boba Fett. I'd probably go Vader, but I'd also be asking myself why I didn't just buy my own Stormtrooper armor and a mannequin. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of where I was. I thought, you know, these life-size items come along every now and then, and they're really fantastic, and obviously a Vader would be impressive, and, you know, we've seen Terminator endoskeletons, and they all seem to be around this price, and I don't know. To me, a Stormtrooper seems a little boring for eight grand. Uh, yeah, I'd probably be more likely to get one of the droids, like 3PO mm, or 2 Hey, that's right. I don't know, I just didn't... Ex- the finish on this doesn't look... It looks like it's kind of matte. It does, yes. Eggshelly, which I guess might be screen accurate, but not... doesn't look like it to me. It's not a, a Rogue One or anything like that, is it? It's just uh It, it doesn't say that, but I'm wondering maybe if it is. Mm. It looks more Force Awakens than original trilogy, but... Yeah, it's a definite original Stormtrooper. Anyway, look, it's going to set you back uh, eight grand. Uh, you better really get your coins together because he's out uh, middle of 2017. And uh, I like the solicitation photo, actually, is accompanied by a, a, a group shot of Stormtroopers. So, yeah, you can army build this guy if you want. <laughs> mm. I think that's where I might be drawing the line and also uh, having divorce papers filed against me. I don't know, yeah, a bit of an odd one, but I guess since they've done the other characters, uh, you know, get around to something new. All right, uh, rounding is, out. Is is there no uh, Sideshow exclusive for this one? <laughs> yeah. 
I think that is the exclusive. Uh, rounding out my news is the one six scale William Shatner figure. No kidding. It is Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers. Uh, we seem to be having a pretty good run on lately with all the horror characters. I wonder if it's because it coincided with a certain time of the year. Anyway, um, it feels like we just talked about Freddy Krueger, but in, this one is by three zero and they have picked up, um, the curse of Michael Myers, which I think was uh, the fourth film. Yeah, anyway. Um, so this is Michael in his classic William Shatner latex mask uh, in the uh, very uh, gritty, dirty blue overalls, um, scarred hands, butcher's knife, etc. Hey, this guy looks pretty kind of beaten up, John. Does that meet your approval? Yeah, yeah, I think so. He's got some dirt on his boots. And he does. Pants and... I like it when they have cloth stuff and they do weathering on it because cloth doesn't always look, you know, when it looks brand new, it doesn't look right. Mm. Uh, Especially on a character like this, you know, because he's not going to look. Yep. Oh, hey, I just went down to Walmart and bought myself a set of coveralls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he certainly looks like he's been through the ringer, not just the mud on the bottom of the pants, but even the top part of it even looks like it's got dried blood stains and stuff on it, which is pretty cool. Uh, he's only $150, which is pretty reasonable for a 1-6 scale figure. Uh, he'll be out second quarter 2017. And I think one of the reasons they've kept the price down on this guy is he actually doesn't come with a whole lot. He only comes with the four hands and he comes with two butcher's knives, one bloody and one not bloody. Um, but I guess then you'd probably ask yourself, what would you expect Michael to come with um, other than a few extra hands? I mean, it's not like he's going to come with uh, Ronnie James Dio rocking out devil hands or anything. So, Oh, there's eyes back there behind the mask. Ooh, that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you there is they, too. What they could mm. do is have like a, head, uh, a, a version of the mask that looks like a head and then under the like a, an old man withers or whatever kind of head, so they could do it as like a Scooby kind of thing, <laughs> just for, you know, as an exclusive. Yeah. I was so tempted to buy a Scooby-Doo figure this week because they had the Shaggy with the the deep-sea diver. <laughs> <laughs> I had it in my hand, and I was like, oh, but then I was like, no, no, I better not. I don't have anything else like that, so... Mm. You know, I, I'm i actually very curious, now that you've mentioned those eyes, John, I can actually see them through one of the, yeah. in one of the solicitation photos, and I wonder if this was deliberately sculpted with that intention, so the eyes beneath are actually a sculpt unique to this particular figure, or whether they've just taken an existing head that they had for something else and slapped the mask over the top. I don't know, it'd be kind of, I'd kind of like to see how they did that, because it looks like another face underneath there and then you know the mask has been applied to it hmm interesting yeah very nice i bet that it's just just the eye area though yeah yeah sure you got that figure and pulled it off it would probably just you know yep yeah and that i wonder if that's because he doesn't really show like a neck joint at all underneath the you know the the head Mm. i wonder if Mm. that's why yeah, the mask continues straight down, so uh, maybe that's what gives the articulation because the head part underneath. <laughs> anyway, uh, looks good. You can buy it to accompany your uh, Freddy that we talked about last week, and that's my news. Cool. Oh, that means it's my news. It does. And I'm kind of excited because I'm waiting for this movie. I have not watched this newest trailer for the Lego Batman movie. Um we're seeing a couple of the Lego sets, though, because Lego likes to spoil everything. Uh, <laughs> they do, don't they? <laughs> yeah. 
we're, we're getting a set called the Joker Balloon Escape, and I probably don't even need to tell you what it is, and you probably already know. Uh, <laughs> it, it's actually Batman and the Joker, and Joker has a multitude of uh, balloons attached to his back on some kind of jetpack thing, and looks like he's going to get away like that. <laughs> and there's like a little chemical tank with him, it looks like, with a bomb on it, maybe. That looks pretty good. And then there's another set called The Scuttler, which is looks like it's the big one. Uh, Batman, Robin, uh, Joker, Poison Ivy, Commissioner Gordon, and Barbara Gordon come with that one. So Ooh. looks like a giant mech. <laughs> Actually, it looks like a walking bat. If you've mm. ever seen a bat yep. that's walking on the ground, it yeah, looks like that. Yeah. As like a Zoid. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. And that sets uh, 80 bucks. It's, like I said, 775 pieces. So um, I am sure that there will be more because the Robin in this set is not Robin. So you got to figure there'll be a Robin set at least. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to figure there'll probably be some villain sets too. So um, I'm wondering, I imagine this is not the only one. I'm wondering why the Gordons look like they in the fake tan. Very boring. Good question. <laughs> Maybe it'll be explained in the movie. Maybe. Maybe it's part of the Joker's plan. <laughs> Yeah, it could be. I'm excited for the movie, though. Hmm. Um, Next up was some exciting news. This this swept through the Internet the day before we recorded this, and that is that uh, our friends over at Boss Fight Studio uh, got their first licensed figure line to be coming, and it is Bucky O'Hare. So uh, they are going to be doing four-inch scale Bucky O'Hare figures, and uh, people are pretty excited about this. So. Yeah, this is, um, I like the fact that they'll be in scale probably with the current Ninja Turtles line. So pretty cool. I, I wonder, because it says four inch, I'm thinking they're doing like GI Joe style figures. I mean, that's really what they're known for. So, yeah, yeah you know, I, Bucky O'Hare, I think is one of those things that we remember fondly until we actually see it. I, managed to get hold of uh, the animated series and sat down with uh, with my tadpoles to, to watch a couple of episodes out of, you know, nostalgia. And I put it on, and it's not aged at all. It's, um, in fact, it's very peculiar to watch now. And <laughs> the tadpoles lasted about three or four minutes, and they basically, you know, they were off in different directions to do other things, and I was watching it by myself, and it's it's not aged well. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I, I'm kind of curious because what I said on Twitter is it'd be nice to finally get a rabbit figure we could customize into a Jackson from <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah. So, um, I, I think it'll be good because yeah. the, there's, uh, Boss Fight is really good at making cool designs and I think there are some cool places to start with this one and they'll be able to, to, to make some really neat figures. So. Yeah, and and I love the idea of supporting companies like Boss Fight, and because I don't do uh, three and three quarter figures, I feel guilty that I haven't supported them. Um, you know, with their Vitruvian hacks, etc. So I might have to uh, get in on this one. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Hmm. It, it's a it's a rabbit bed. You gotta get one. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it a look. Yeah, I also like Michael. Of course, Gold. I could go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I just I'm a fan of Michael Golden, the uh, one of the co-creators. Well, and the other co-creator is Larry Hama of G.I. Joe fame, so... Indeed. There you go. All sorts of reasons to support this. Yeah, cool. Well, moving on, um, going for something really classical, uh, Figma has uh, announced... Oh, no, sorry, it's Max Factory. 
No, that that is fair. That is yes. Yeah. Um, they're continuing their table museum figures, and this time it's the Scream by by Munch. Um, everybody's familiar with that famous painting. I'm sure looks like a guy. He's screaming. It's a media. I'd say mental. I'd say terrified. Uh, mental health awareness oh. people use this a lot. This particular mm. painting. Um, you know, and they've done a the paint on this figure looks like it's painted and then they give you the backdrop of the, the painting as like a separate stand and you can put the figure in front of it and, you know, get the, the actual painting. But then they, uh, they include a bunch of stuff. He's got like an articulated snake like body so you can move him around or whatever. But then he comes with, uh, extra hands. Yep. So he's got the, uh, the peace symbols, I think. And then a heart symbol. Yeah. Hands. It's really Or no, he's got the Nixon quotes kind of, and then he's got the, he can make the heart symbol in front of him. So, um, kind of different. It is. It is terrifying as well. Yeah. Terrifying. Really? Yeah. I've always, felt, well, not so much terrifying. I just, I don't know. The, the original paintings always creep the bejesus out of me. Hmm. I don't know. I don't mind this one. Mm. I don't mind this one at all. You'd be able to put it next to your thinker statue and, you know, like for mm. us in our household, I've probably explained this before, but you know, you know how sometimes you cock a leg to do a fart? The thinker has become like a farting gesture of brilliance in our household. So if you did that and then had this guy screaming next to it, it'd just be fantastic. I'm sure that's what Rodan had in mind. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I really regret not getting that thinker. <laughs> I'm sure they're still around. Get it. They sold out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's something we should have had uh, a review of at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. Well, moving along, if that isn't enough for a classic for you, we've got an absolute classic here, in some people's opinion at least. And uh, NECA this Christmas is going to give you an 8-inch retro cloth-style figure of Clark Griswold in a Santa outfit. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love this film. Is this this year? Oh, yeah. crap. He comes with a little miniature swimming pool, too. So. Yeah, it comes with his little um, moosey's glass that he's drinking his uh, eggnog yep. from. His eggnog from? Yeah. Nice little figure. Nice little figure. If you're into that retro stuff, then this might be your thing. I <clears throat> This one's a little out there, even for me. So. Yeah, it should have come with the, um, the metal toboggan. Yeah. I want the Cousin Eddie with the outhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, it was full. Yeah. <laughs> ah, it is what it is. Oh. Yeah. So, if you guys want one of those for Christmas, go find it right now. <laughs> yes. Adam, please move us along. Okay. So, unsurprisingly, there's um, a bit of news from me about Dragon Ball Z figure arts um, in the Tamashii Nations, which was, I think, what, a week and a bit ago. Um, we got to see that there is now a... Um, a Gotenks figure. Um, we've seen that there will be a new uh, Saiyan Saga Vegeta and a new um, Saiyan 3 Goku. Looks like they've basically been redone to do the new crotch articulation, hip articulation system. Um, so I would expect, therefore, that we think we'll get a lot of the, the old figures re-released with the new crotch articulation. Um, we've also seen... The Kaioken Goku, which I think is a bit of a gimmick, personally, because it's really just a, 
a repaint of an existing figure and probably got a new face or something like that on it. Um, but, mm. you know, there's at least one new figure and um, it looks like it comes with a, a decent amount of accessories. So I'm happy with that. Hmm. What, what, what is the white thing with the blue yep. coming out of the top of it? So those are kamikaze ghosts, which is an attack <laughs> that Gotenks comes up with where he spits out a bunch of um, key energy in the shape of a, a ghost, which is somehow um, semi-sentient by itself. And they all, you know, team up and attack whoever he targets in that. Huh. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But um, Gotenks is the fusion of Goten and Trunks, and they're like seven and eight, I think, at the time in the show. So most of his attacks are kind of juvenile and stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Moving on from that. So one of the other things, and it's not clear as to whether or not this is... um, actually going to be a thing, but there were displays of just beam effects um, that were lit from behind, so I'm kind of keen to see if that's what it actually is. They look like things we've already seen before or or have um, versions of already, but the idea that we might actually get them released as separate effects parts is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I enjoyed that. Uh, There was on the... On the... um, Brand one half line, there is a Ryoga Hibiki that was shown. So Ryoga being um, one of Ranma's friends um, and my favorite character from the series. So that's cool for me. Um, and I don't think they gave a release date on that, but it's been shown now. So the only ones that I haven't really given release dates for out of that selection are Genma, which is the panda guy. Um, Ramos' dad and Ryoga, so that's pretty cool. I kind of like the panda. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fun. I'm not. He looks unarticulated, though. Yeah, so. that's kind of the worrying part is if he is that lacking in articulation, whether he's just going to become something that never gets released or done as a pack in somehow is something else. Uh, yeah. And the final piece of news I have is still from um, the Tomashi Nations event as figure arts is Pokemon. Figure arts. Now, they've had, I think, uh, I can't remember if it was Monster Arts or Game Arts or whatever it is that the, um, the Mega Man line was in. They've already done, um, various Pokemon before, but the Pokemon are more or less six inch scale. Um, so you have like a six inch Pikachu, whereas this time it's the human characters from the TV show. So there's a, a Jesse, a James, um, and an Ash. Jesse and James, one of them looks like they come with a Meowth, and Ash looks like he comes with Pikachu. Um, <laughs> for anyone that, that kind of knows them by their Japanese names instead, I have identified what those are, which is uh, Satoshi, Musashi, and Kojiro. Um time. Yeah, but I don't think most people call them that in the Western world. But yeah, they look pretty cool. Um, they haven't given release dates on those yet either. So mm. for those that, that can't get enough Pokemon and uh, need some way to, to capture that in a figure, there's your um, your choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. cool. Well, um, unless anyone's got anything else, that's the articulated news, and we'll be back with the next instalment of the AFB podcast game, Name That. Well, I 
anyone that's been listening for a while knows that the game named that is one of our favourite segments of the show. Um, every week, John comes on and provides us with another sound or commercial to uh, give us a, a chance to guess at what it is, and uh, we take over from that point on. So, John, we'll start with you giving us the noises. Well, I will try and do that right here. <laughs> okay, so guys, any guesses? Mask. No, it's not a mask. Yeah. <laughs> mm, no, I got nothing. Well, Hellbot made the the speed guess, and he he picked up that that is actually Taz and Bugs from Looney Tunes, and this was an early '90s action figure line from Looney Tunes. Okay, mm, kind of surprised me. I I didn't, you know, I figured they were out there. I just don't remember seeing them, mm. to be honest. So, um, yeah, you know, one of those classic cartoons, and uh, you know, you kind of wonder that, that you'd almost think that stuff would be on the shelves perennially. Yes, but just. And the the same with, you know, Tom and Jerry. And I, I guess... Mickey, Donald. We have had some of that. Uh, yeah, we have had some of that recently. But, um, you know, really Looney Tunes just isn't out there like it used to be. Mm, mm. You know, you don't you don't see the kids with the, the Bugs Bunny t-shirts on and stuff, so... <laughs> there was that really nifty series some years ago from McFarlane, I think it was. And he did a bunch of Looney Tunes stuff because I've got the, the Captain Caveman... Uh, amongst others, and I actually thought that was quite a, a good line, you know, but brought the Flintstones back, and eh. Well, that all be Hanna-Barbera, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah I just and, mean that, uh, that those vintage kind of Saturday morning, I thought, you know, we'd, yeah, I, we'd see, you know. I never did get the Johnny Quest from that line. Yeah. I always regretted that. I, I just... It's a show of regrets for me. <laughs> <laughs> well... You know, we talk about um, characters like Spider-Man and Batman being, you know, well-known around the world. Well, you'd have to think that Mickey Mouse would be, you know, even more well-known. But um, it's not like, you know, Mickey's really been in the public eye much the last decade or two. So I would have thought toys would be one way to, to keep the yeah, awareness alive. Yeah, or even, you know, like Rescue Rangers or something. You, you think they would have brought some of that back and just to get toys on the shelves, but... Apparently not. I mean, Mickey and all that kind of year still has the advantage of actually being in the theme parks. Um, mm. Whereas, as far as I'm aware, there's not much of a, a Warner Brothers theme park presence throughout the world. No, it's true. Uh, bring back the, true. Um, the uh, Sunday afternoon Wonderful World of Disney. <laughs> What's up? It was Sunday nights here. It yeah. was afternoons for us. It was after wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Where it should be. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, anyway, we will move along and uh, we will put a new sound right here. You can power his heart and lungs. X-ray test, no damage. Then dial the controls for the next test. Brain check, all clear. And as always, because uh, Scott has mandated it, I play it twice. You can power his heart and lungs. X-ray test, no damage. Then dial the controls for the next test. Brain check, all clear. And guys... Yes. Ben, if they thought they knew what that was, where would they go? They'd head over to www.afpforum.com and they would have a rummage around uh, the different categories until they found the pegs. And they would go on in and look for the name that thread, which is pinned to the top. And they would hurl out a guess and wait for you to make a judgment. Which I normally do pretty quickly, but since my email's not working, I don't always know when people make guesses, so... <laughs> Your your reaction time may vary. And Adam, if they got that guess right, 
what would happen? What would they they be awarded with a forum point? But what could they use that forum point for? Uh, look, I mean, any number of um, small nations that are somewhat despotic in nature will allow you to use that as a bribe um, <laughs> for minor traffic offences. Um, in in countries such as the United States and Australia, um, you may find that you can uh, get that get some kind of discount at your local stores, but you may have to claim that as a fringe benefits <laughs> on your tax return. Mm. Mm, good call. Yeah. Mm. Can you get it? Can you trade it for tattoos? Can you trade points for tattoos? Mm, that'd be pretty sad. Yeah, it's mm. it's probably like you know the the guys that do your postcode on you or something. Mm. I don't know if that's a thing outside of Australia, but I don't think it is. Okay. You might get like a few extra Kirby dots on your uh, new god's tattoo, but it's about all it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had to try. <laughs> um. <laughs> And, you know, if that's just too tough and you still want points, come on over to tvandfilmtoys.com, Tuesdays, Thursdays. I post a picture. You still go over the forum. You still make your guests there, and you can still get points. So it's all good. Indeed. Cool. Well, thank you for that, John. And we'll move on to our wonderful next segment, which is Toy of the Week. feature segment uh, of the week, and this week, it's another Toy of the Week, we're giving Ben the chance to have a crack. So, Ben, over to you. Thank you, sir. And I've uh, reviewed a couple of different uh, Aliens-related items the last few months, and uh, I'm kicking things off again with uh, another Toy of the Week, Aliens review, and this is uh, Funko's oversized pop vinyl Aliens Alien Queen. So I say Aliens Alien Queen because it's being pimped as the Alien Queen that first appeared in James Cameron's film and not the Alien Queen that has appeared in subsequent films. Uh, So anyway, uh, for a long time, all we could get was a a lonely alien and a lonely predator from those franchises. Uh, That was it. And recently, Funko announced that they were doing both the Alien Queen and a Ripley figure. Um, fortunately, uh, the Alien Queen is uh, being sold as an oversized figure. So she comes in as one of those six-inch vinyl pops, which is uh, pretty cool because she definitely needs that extra little bit of height. Uh, this is a 2016 release, 2016 acquisition. I picked this up a few weeks ago. Um, she'll set you back around US $17. Look around, you might find a, a better deal. Now... <clears throat> she being a, an oversized pop, they generally come in at around six inches, so around 15 centimetres tall. There seems to be a, a standard height uh, limit for these kinds of um, uh, oversized pops, so she fits in nicely with all the other oversized ones. Um, 
Going on to packaging, she is uh, pretty much, you know, you've seen one pop, you've seen them all. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in two minds with the whole pop vinyl thing now. Um, I, I think they've done a fantastic job uh, building up that brand recognition. You know, you, know, you really do recognise a pop vinyl as soon as you see it. Um, they've just got that same look and feel with every single one of their pop vinyls, whether it's oversized or normal uh this one in particular has the aliens logo up the top uh alien logo down the bottom and of course in that bottom left corner you get sort of the uh, half portrait of the figure that you're buying and i'm sure you're all wondering with bated breath yes i'll let you know she's number 346 huh. in the uh funko pop movies um so yeah look you I actually find the the packaging now pretty bland because I've seen it so many times and it just never varies. Uh, In fact, it's so bad that when you flip this box around, all you get on the back is the Alien Queen and Ripley and it says collect them all, um, which would be pretty easy because there's only two in this particular (laughs) series. Um, They never give any credit to the sculptor or anything like that. It's all very plain. Um, There's no bios, there's no photos, nothing whatsoever. In fact, Funko really do cheap out on these things. Um, My One of my local retailers has an enormous display of pop vinyls, and uh, I generally stand there and and get overwhelmed by it. I find it really hard to sort of scan through at any kind of speed because I've got to sort of stop. Uh, A lot of the figures aren't instantly recognisable, so I'm looking for that logo to tell me who it is. Uh, I'm very fortunate that they have a new-this-week type section uh, and you can sort of scan over, you know, a dozen or so pops um, rather than looking at the, the huge wall. Um, and I find it odd that they haven't tried to use a bit better colouring, so that standard white edging on the boxes. Um, yes, some of the other colours do change, but you'd think that perhaps maybe, you know, their movies could be blue instead of white and cartoons could be red or something just to sort of uh, make the genre stand out a little bit more other than that that tiny little sort of logo uh, up in the top left corner. So anyway, not much to talk about. Um, You get this sucker open pretty fast, uh, a little bit of tape on the top or the bottom up to you, and then the whole thing slides out. It's that strange kind of uh, triple tray. It's got the double hinge, so uh, you've got a piece on the top, the bottom, and the back. And uh, with that hinge, the, they, it opens up quite easily and, and the figure comes right out. In terms of being collector-friendly, uh, extremely collector-friendly, I got her out and back in without any issues whatsoever. Um, moving on to the, the sculpt, um, I think the Alien Queen is uh, a phenomenal achievement in uh, the design, in, in Hollywood design, I think, um, the way they came up with this character was was something to behold. And, um, you know, she's really known as, as being uh, quite sort of lithe and spiny and pointy, um, lots of little bits sticking out everywhere. And just by the very nature of pop vinyls being the, you know, curve-friendly style of, um, you know, deformed toy that they are, a lot of that is actually lost on this figure uh she she really is quite um rounded i guess you'd say so all the elements are there she's got a few spines sticking out of her back she's got the four arms the two big arms the two small arms in between um bony knees and all that sort of thing the the famous sort of carapace on the the top um has been shortened a little bit to sort of accommodate um the size etc her tail is uh, is there um 
I was actually quite surprised. The tail is a solid piece. I thought perhaps there might be some wire in it and, and be, there might be a little bit of that flexible rubber. Uh, but as it turns out, the, the carapace or her head is so big and solid um, that she's extremely top-heavy, very, very top-heavy. And so the tail is actually sculpted in a way that it curves around uh, in front of her and is actually used to aid in her standing up. Um, not only, I'd say, is it a, an extra sort of prop forming that sort of uh, that, that tripod type thing, um, but also it, it makes it easy to get her into the packaging. Otherwise, the tail would be sticking out the back sort of Godzilla style and, and that would be quite difficult. Um, so, look, in, in terms of the sculpt, everything is there. It's just there's a, a lot of that detail missing, a lot of that those little nuances you get with the aliens and those little grooves and things are all completely lost here. It's, um, you, you can tell who it is, but only just. It's, um, it, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, uh, um, I can't nail it exactly. It's just not quite what I was hoping for. Um, the jaw is all one solid piece. There's no inner jaw or anything like that visible. The teeth are together. Uh, in terms of paint, well, this should be a quick and easy segment because um, there's very little. Uh, she's sculpted in the dark grey plastic. Um, sorry, she's cast in the dark grey plastic. And the only addition to the entire figure in terms of paint is they've used a lighter coloured grey to paint her teeth to make them stand out. And that's it. That's that's the paint. Uh, she doesn't have any eyes, so you can't paint the eyes. Um, so uh, we've got this chunk of dark grey plastic and we've got a lighter coloured grey used to, to bring out the highlights of her teeth and, and that's it. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Now, in, in terms of quality, well, this is a Funko Pop final. So surprise, surprise, she's got paint on her teeth and they even managed to bugger that up. Um the application on the teeth is actually not too bad. Uh, they, they've actually done a pretty good job where the teeth actually blend in with the rest of the sculpt. However, someone's accidentally bumped the uh, brush, paintbrush, up against the side of her head. So I've got this this sort of grey blotch on the side of her face that doesn't kind of uh, make any sense whatsoever. And then when you look on the opposite side of her head, uh, there's no paint there whatsoever. So it's obviously a stray brush stroke that nobody has noticed. Obviously, uh, Gertie, in her effort to get through these in a hurry um, and get them onto the shelf, hasn't even noticed that the paint is on there. So, um, yeah, very little paint apps, and they managed to stuff that up as well. Um, in terms of articulation, I was a bit surprised to find there is actually one point of articulation, um, unlike a, a Marvel Pop Funko, which has to have the bobblehead for licensing reasons. Um, this one actually has a, a joint in the neck so her head can turn. Uh, it doesn't actually turn far. Um, something actually prevents it from turning too much, but you can actually twist it um, sort of, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, an inch each way bit less um, and, and get a bit of movement out of it, um, which doesn't really help at all. It doesn't kind of add anything. In fact, it looks a bit kind of awkward, so you end up sort of turning her back um, to be positioned the same way as when she came out of the box. Um, in terms of playability, posability, pretty much silch. You take her out and you, you pop her on the table. Now, you know, I'm probably quite heavily biased towards uh, the Necker one because I, I just think it's um, one of the greatest action figures ever released. Um, but I was hoping for a little bit more this one, um, maybe a highlight to sort of, uh, you know, bring out some of those crevices and things like that. But, uh, no, there's not a lot going on. But I guess for $17, you just sort of pop it on your desk and uh, it looks good. Um, well, you know, except for the silver grey blotch on the side of her head. 
Um, all up, not much else to talk about. Uh, I'll probably end up picking up Ripley just to go along uh, with the Queen and the Alien that was released some time ago. But uh, I have to say I was probably uh, a little disappointed with this one. Um, and, you know, after reviewing the oversized Godzilla a little while ago, and, and I think they they did a pretty good job of capturing all the elements there, um, this one just feels like there's a, a few things that haven't quite worked Um so, yeah, I'm probably going to wrap this one up and give it maybe six out of ten dollars. Oh, hmm. Not a great score. Yeah, look, it's, it's fun. Like, it's a, like, it's, it's, it's fun to have and you can sort of tell who it is. It just didn't wow me the way I, I thought it would when, uh, you know, I heard it was coming. So, yeah, bit of a shame. How big is it in relation to a standard port? Uh, what's a standard pop? I think they're they're about four inches, something like that. So yeah, so she's six. She's probably even slightly higher. She's probably six and a half because the carapace sort of curves up a little bit at the back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any of the oversized ones either. Uh, yeah, this is only the second one I have. Uh, I I don't know. I find some of Funko's choices really odd that they bring out things like Thanos as an oversized pop, yet they haven't done one for the Hulk. So. Yeah. Hmm. Well, they probably know that keeping Hulk in a regular size, it's going to sell more Hulks. Yeah, I don't know. I'd certainly like to upgrade a couple of them to, to bigger ones. Yeah, that would probably work. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if we do see an oversized Hulk at some point. Mm, mm, yep, I'd be there. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for that one, Ben. And when we come back, we'll be talking about the new items we've added to our collections this week. Kenner presents new alien action figure. Action figure, new from Kenner. Well, we're all here because we collect, so Feeding the Addiction is where we take time to check in and see what everyone's been acquiring and pre-ordering in the last week or so. So, first off, I'll see what John's got. Well, Eddie's not here, so no no matter how little we have, we'll sound like a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've actually got a Kamen Rider 1 from the new movie, um waiting to be shipped. I, I haven't pulled the trigger because I want to get some other stuff too. So uh, that's there. And I pre-ordered the Scream figure this week. Hmm, cool. So. The Scream? Yeah. Cool. I'll get a review of it. Yeah. You know you have Hopefully. It. You'll have to track down the thinker now. Yeah. Well, I um, that's kind of why I said that back back, back then. <laughs> um, I actually had, had sent a link earlier, but it was all in Japanese. I had posted it on Facebook and... Uh, um, my wife, she uh, she's like, what is that? That doesn't look cool. And I was like, oh, it's an action figure. She's like, oh, that's pretty neat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sudden turnaround. So, yeah. So I was like, well, I, I had kind of been thinking about it before because I thought it was pretty cool. But, yeah, I, I actually pre-ordered it when, it when it came up for pre-order. So, oh. hmm. Excellent. How about you, Ben? Uh, yeah, in, in addition to my alien queen, uh, the Star Wars Black Hover Tank Pilot, which is a Toys R Us exclusive, uh, turned up at my local Toys R Us. But 
For some strange reason, Toys R Us felt the need to put it out uh, as $10 more expensive than the regular Star Wars black figures. And uh, I managed to get one using some discount points because I I do the the loyalty thing. But uh, screw Hasbro and and screw Toys R Us. Uh, I'm not going to pay inflated amounts given that they're Toys R Us exclusive uh, snow trooper sergeant has been sitting on shelves for months and months and months now you know it was 10 months 11 months um and you know they still have plenty of stock i'm not going to be paying over inflated prices so my see i i was thinking here in the states that's a walmart exclusive not a toys r us exclusive uh no there's yeah the there is actually one that's a, a walmart exclusive um and i forget it's the skiff yeah, there's another trooper. The problem is the sergeant is the regular figure, whereas the mm. the non-sergeant is the exclusive, which is really odd. But uh. so, but anyway, I'll wait till they're eventually discounted, and then my army building OCD will kick in, and I'll pick up a couple more. Hmm. Uh, what about you, Mister Adam? Uh, I pre-ordered a couple of weeks ago. Um, the Super Sailor Mercury from Sailor Moon's figure arts line. Um, it has a whole bunch of actual decent um, things, accessories that come with it. Um, and I figured if I was doing that, um, I may as well get the, the Sailor Moon Crystal Sailor Moon, um, which I was previously not going to get. Um, and I also pre-ordered the uh, Dragon Ball Universe Time Patrol trunks and the Time Patroller slash Hero um which is the one that I'm least sure that I'm going to keep on my pre-order list um, simply because it's, you know, it's just a, a character that in the game is your character control character that you can customise, so I'm not sure that I want that figure, but we'll see. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's not until you actually do them as toys of the week that I actually go, oh, okay, now I can put an image to a, a name. Okay. So Dragon Ball <laughs> Xenoverse was the video game last year. Last year, the year before, I think it was last year. Um, that was a Dragon Ball game where essentially the plot was villains had gone back and changed the history of Dragon Ball Z and you had to go through and okay. correct it. And you could go and come up with a custom character of any number of races, but in the the trailer, and I think if you didn't change anything, you got this looking guy. And I'm kind of going, eh, do I really want that or, <laughs> or not because it's not my character and it's not an official character of the universe so I'm going, oh, maybe I'll get it but mm. was that was that game released in English or was it a Japan only it was released in English and the sequel is either just come out or it's just about to come out mm. but yeah they're both released in multiple countries yeah, there's, a, there's a common writer game over in, in Japan that we don't get over here so uh, if you'd said so, I would have got it for you. Well, I don't have anything to play it on. So <laughs> it really wouldn't matter. <laughs> yeah, this is that'd a be a bit, of a, uh, bit of a glitch. Yeah. They, they don't make it for PS1, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> there are these things called stores where you go and buy, like, a, a modern generation of console. Do You know me. I mean, I, I, I still haven't seen, you know, a number of movies, so why would I upgrade my video game? <laughs> Fair call. Priorities. Fair call. Yeah. <laughs> Did, did you not hear my cell phone story? Yes, I did. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> uh, up, updating technology is not my favorite thing. Okay. Oh. Which as an engineer, you would actually figure that I would 
be more inclined to do that. Yeah, you've clearly gone for a reliable and proven technology. Well, exactly. Yeah. If it works, don't break it. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And on that note, we will uh, take another break and come back with our topic of the week, which is an ABC of toy collecting. Today, the play school kids are playing with their Sesame Street toys. Everyone's over at the Sesame Street Alphabet Roadway. Big Bird's on B, Grover's on G, and gee, there's so many ways to snap and go, the bus just keeps on going. And what's that I hear? It's Sesame Street sounds around. C, cookies. C, it's easy to pull a handle, and what's that, Big Bird? I live on Sesame Street. Yes, the play school kids had a great time with their Sesame Street friends, but then every day's a fun day at play school. Well, welcome to our discussion topic of the week, and it is another instalment of the ABCs of toy collecting. Now, in the ABCs of toy collecting, we take a bit of a different look at some figures in our collection. Uh, it's not a traditional review like we do for toy of the week or even a toy breakdown. This is where each member of the show is allocated a couple of letters of the alphabet. They have to search out a figure in their collection that begins with that specific letter, and and uh, the idea is to pick something that uh, has a little bit of meaning to you. Maybe it was the acquisition, uh, a funny story to go with it. Maybe it has some sort of, uh, I don't know, um, sentimental value. Maybe you picked it up for a really good price. But something that has, uh, I guess, a little bit of story to it. And kicking us off with our first letter is Adam. Yay. The letter that I have started with today is the letter S. Um so for that, I've chosen Stannis Baratheon from Game of Thrones. And so far, um, the only figure that I'm aware of that, that he comes in is a Funko Pop, which I have. Yep. Um, yep. So I like uh, – the reason I, I pick Stannis is he is basically my favourite character in Game of Thrones um, <laughs> or more precisely in A Song of Ice and Fire because um, there are a whole lot of spoilers that I'm going to have to give away. In Game of Thrones to show, he did. Um, so a lot of people, you know, will say, oh, yeah, I really like Tyrion, and I like Tyrion too. The chapters are good fun. But I really like Stannis simply because he's basically the, look, this is the, the way the law is written and the way it works, and that's what we're going to do kind of character, <laughs> um, which a lot of people would go, don't be a dick. And I'm going, no, you see, <laughs> but the law says that he should be king. So why is he not king? Um, yep. So... That kind of that's my kind of approach to, to what should be happening and the fact that there's this whole conflict going on about, you know, revolt and blah, blah, blah. I'm going, no, you see, but legally this guy, and you haven't even had a go at that, so I don't understand why you're revolting. Anyway, <laughs> that's why I picked Stannis. So do you have other Game of Thrones pops or Stannis being your favourite character and the, the only... Uh... I have, yeah, I also have Khal Drogo, um, which is... Oh, okay. Hmm. Cool. Cool. Good choice. Yep. Good choice. Yeah, so, excellent. You know, as a figure, it's not the best representation, and it suffers from the fact that it's a punk, uh, Funko Pop head rather than the actual shape of the actor's head, but <laughs> yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> It'll do. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, well, I'm going to keep things moving. Uh, logically, I have the letter T. Uh, I didn't actually have to think about this one that hard. This one came to mind uh, immediately. And it is Kenner's vintage Star Wars three and three quarter Tuscan Raider. And uh, yeah, this one's a bit of a sentimental story. Um, 
this was the second Star Wars figure I ever received um, when I was a oh, wow yeah when I was a very 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 wee lad. Uh, my mother bought me uh, Farm Boy Luke from the original 12-back uh, Star Wars line, and I'm pretty sure that's probably the first action figure I ever received. Like, I had plenty of other toys and plastic soldiers and cars and all that sort of stuff, but in terms of an action figure, this was first. So the Tuscan Raider was the second one I got, and, of course, uh, being a young kid who'd seen Star Wars, I was staring at the back of that Luke Skywalker card at the other figures, uh, and so when my mother came home with one, I was very excited and then saw that it was um, the Sand People slash Tuscan Raider. And I thought, okay, well, you know, he's on the back of the card, he's on the list, and uh, all right, let's get this dude open. And, you know, uh, i got to say, he was pretty darn boring. Uh, <laughs> he, um, he had that crappy vinyl cape that would tear after about two hours of play, and so... I had to get sticky tape out to, to try and fix it. Um, I could never work out what they were, the, the sand people, you know, whether, uh, whether those heads were actual the alien heads or whether they sort of wrapped themselves in those kind of bandage pipe things to protect themselves from, you know, sandstorms and stuff and there was really alien heads under there or what was going on. And I could never understand what a Tuscan Raider was. I thought, you know... Uh, are they Tuscans and they raid a lot or do they raid some place called Tuscan? And, you know, um, I don't know. And then there was that really crappy weapon that they came with. And I'm, I used to sort of look at it and go, well, you know, what is this? It's like a, one end looks like a medieval mace and the other end looks like a giant can opener. And it was, um, you know, but worst of all were those stupid hands, the way they produced this figure with those ridiculous hands and, they the, they put the the DJ hands like they're trying to spin a record or something, and you know you really just couldn't do much with them other than put his arms in the air with the can opener and then go you know that's it, and then there was the freaky legs like those weird legs that um, you know were, were sculpted to look as if they were wearing you know the the long sort of cloth pants and. Yeah, it was a bit of a, a letdown for me, uh, I have to say. And uh, as a kid, I ended up picking up a few more stormtroopers and stuff, and, and the army building started early on for me. And for some reason, I ended up with two uh, Tuscan Raiders, and um, I still have them today. I still have all my Star Wars figures from when I was a kid. So, yes, I, I still have the second action figure that uh, my mother ever bought me, and, and the first, of course, being uh, being Luke. Yeah, I was I was never a fan of this figure at all in any way, shape, or, or form, and which is odd because given the, uh, the the leaps and bounds we we've come forward with in, in terms of action figure production uh, with the Star Wars Black line, the six inch line, the the idea of having half a dozen Tuscan Raiders and and maybe even a six inch scaled Bantha is a pretty exciting one. So don't know, maybe it was just the crappy Kenner days that just didn't do it for me. I, I am surprised this was your second figure because he actually was much later than the original, like maybe eight figures. Um, he was one of the last ones in the original wave to come out here yeah. in the States. I, I had them all fairly quickly. I remember just a, a, a birthday and whatnot and then heading out. I think within six months I had all of them, if not um, into the next wave. That was uh... I'm, Yeah, I remember having all of them, but like him, the Jawa... And um, the Death Star Trooper, maybe? 
were like the last ones. And yeah, couldn't find them anywhere. Death Star Trooper, I think, was the last figure I I needed from memory, and uh, even then, as a kid, I couldn't even remember him in the film. So yeah, I was actually going to call you out because I didn't know that this was ever carded in the vintage line as a Tuscan Raider, and it was. So <laughs> oh, what's it? <laughs> I I, I I give you credit. <laughs> okay, I, I only knew it carded as a sand, a sand people. people figure. Sand people. That's a pretty lame name. So single figure, and they carded it as sand people. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, then what's the difference between sand people and Tuscan Raiders then? Uh, maybe Tuscan Raider is the singular. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Was Tuscan Raider certainly never mentioned in any of the films? No, he calls them sand people in the film. Mm. Yeah. What do they call them in? Uh, Episode two. Mm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure too. So mm. Tuscan Raider definitely appears in some of the video games. Like mm. in, and it's some of the print stuff too, yeah, but like in huh. Kota, it's definitely set they use the term sandpaper, so maybe it's just something that came in through the EU. Well, it's been around since they were originally out, so maybe it was an original name. Mm. I think it's been around since Jedi looking at some of the vintage packaging, because the original Star Wars one, it was just Sand People, but Jedi, it was Tusken Raider. Yeah, but I remember them being called Tusken Raiders before that. Even, okay. So. Well, I'm going to keep this rolling along, because I'm going vintage Star Wars here, too. Great! And, um, yeah, we we kind of had to sort out some letters, and I got uh, U, so, um, you know. I got U, too, babe. The, yeah, <laughs> I, I think these guys hate me, but... Um, <laughs> I decided to go with the the obvious choice of Ugnaught in from the vintage line. He's the guy that, of course, had the barbecue apron. apron. That's so, right. Um, I, I, I loved that in the vintage line they used a lot of soft goods that made sense. And, and you know, like the Jawa robe, I think, made sense. And, and this guy made sense as well. Um, this figure creeped me out because I never knew what to do with him, you know? Mm. Um, he had his little toolbox thing. Was he a good guy? Was he a bad guy? He was mostly a bad guy, but, but they kind of creeped me out in the movie too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but this is, uh, you know, a little pig dude, obviously. And, uh, one of the people that, uh, frees Han Solo. So they, they generally ended up, they ended up as like the evil, um, Jawas to me. Mm. And I only ever had one cause they, they, like I said, they kind of creeped me out a little bit. <laughs> That, and they tormented um, Chewbacca as well. Oh yeah, that's true. And, and we're going to melt C three PO. So uh, yeah, and and he has one hand that is uh, able to hold the briefcase, and then the other one's just kind of a straight shaking hand kind of hand. So these were it's an odd little figure. Um, I have like the the darker cape on mine, our apron. Mm. So mm. Um, I know there's a variation out there, but. Yeah, I, and he's got little black eyes, just little weird black eyes. What kind of always made me wonder is if you actually look at the carded image of this figure, the image that's on the card, it looks nothing like the figure to me. Yeah, yeah. the the one on the card looks a lot more um, rough. Yeah, This guy yeah. looks like he's about to head out on a date. <laughs> Guys, a little briefcase. Hi, honey, I'm home. <laughs> I brought home the bacon. <laughs> It was the uh, spin-off of Alf. <laughs> Ugnaught. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I have two of these guys. I only have the one. I, I have, in the modern ones, I have I have more, but I only have, have the one vintage one. Mm, so. mm. Hmm. But there you go. I think that brings us back to Adam. 
hurrah, and I've got V. Um, big shot, I'm going for Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. Um, <laughs> so rather than talk to you about figures that I've talked to you about in terms of figure arts, um, and rather than talk to you about the crappy, crappy, crappy Bandai figures from back in like the <laughs> late 80s, early 90s, of which I have a couple, um, I thought I'd go for one that's kind of half-decent um, from when I was collecting Dragon Ball Z-related figures the first time around in about 2000 and uh, probably about 2002-ish, I think this one would have come out. Um, so this is from the Irwin line, and it's, I think, Series 15, um, and it's a battle-damaged uh, Vegeta from the Freezer Saga. So he's got um, the the abdomen part of his armor blasted in, and he's got a hole blasted through his chest. The fact that he looks like he's still alive and able to do stuff um, would actually mean it's from after he gets resurrected by the Dragon Balls um, rather than when he's dying um, with a hole in his chest, considering they haven't put a hole all the way through him. Um, so, you know, looking at it now, he's an atrociously poor figure, considering that it's only been about 14, 15 years um, since it was released. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a great um, article of, from what we were getting at the time compared to, you know, the Bandai things. Um, and it came with one of these really weird accessories, which was like this rock thing. It was like a bluish rock that split in half. And I, I had no idea what the hell you were meant to use it for, apart mm. from like you're playing with it and punching the rock apart or something, but it was just dumb. Um, the articulation on it is pretty, pretty poor, but you know, it's actually better than you'd expect because it's not just the, the, um, Bandai where it was just hips and legs moved or the legs moved and the arms moved. I think, did they? I think they moved. Um, and the head moved, but, um, you know, it, it's there and it's one of the ones that I've already got, um, close to the end of this line. I think it went to about maybe, wave 20 odd but um they kept ch- uh chopping and changing around the the order of the show i mean the fact that you've got a freezer saga vegeta a cell saga goku and um boo saga gohan kind of tells you everything you need to know um and it's all in the one wave so i think they maybe got to about wave 20 but this is towards the end of it because they were coming right. pretty fast at the stage yeah and I think they also I think they also started off after assuming that repackaging a few of the Bandai figures for the first couple of waves counted. So <laughs> they kind of cheated a couple of waves out of us, I think. Mm. Oh, it was Erwin slash Jax, there you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. Hmm. So it's not, not, you know, a particularly a figure I'm particularly attached to, but I thought it was just a, a good specimen of the time of what we're getting. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, well, my second letter for this version of the ABCs of toy collecting is a W, and uh, another one that came to mind fairly quickly. Obviously, uh, Wonder Woman sort of was the first thing that came to mind, but I was looking around uh, my comic room, and this guy uh, stood out, uh, and that is the Starship Troopers Warrior Bug um, by Hasbro. Hmm. And uh, this is an interesting one for me. Uh, I I loved the film when it came out. Uh, almost twenty years old now. That film. It's hard to wow. Uh, it's hard to believe it was twenty years ago. Um, when I heard they were making Starship Troopers, I thought, oh, why would you bother? Because the book is actually really, really slow. There's um, it's a good book, but there's not a lot of action in it. 
Um, turns out they just used the concept and went right ahead and did their own thing. And, and I thought for the time it was a great film. Um, I had a lot of fun. I, I dig Paul Verhoeven uh, as a director. And uh, so, you know, after I saw the film, I was very excited to learn that there were toys based on it. Uh, and I couldn't find any, um, not a, a shekel to be seen anywhere. And uh, I thought it was really frustrating because I started actually ringing around the different retail stores and asking them. And, of course, you know, when you're talking to generic staff and generic bricks-and-mortar department stores, it was about as helpful as a, uh, you know, a wooden leg sort of thing. And uh, in the end, I ended up ringing Hasbro Australia and... Uh, actually, I think I rang Toys R Us first and they said that they uh, had no intention of getting them and, and told me to ring Hasbro Australia. And so I rang Hasbro Australia and a, a lady answered the phone and I said, hi, I'm just inquiring if you are planning to get products uh, based on Starship Troopers. And she said, what's that? And I said, you're not familiar with Starship Troopers? And she said, no. And I said, it's a movie. And she said, is it? And I said, yes, it's on a it's on at the cinema uh, as we speak. And she said, oh, I've never heard of it. And I said, well, this is not looking good then, is it? And she said, well, probably not. <clears throat> and I said, "I said, well, you know, there's a, a whole bunch of um, stuff there, uh, um, action figures, you know, and I think they were about five-inch scale roughly at the time and <clears throat> all, all sorts of bits and pieces and there was a little sort of micro-machine-y type things. And she said, oh, let me just have a look in the, the, the master system. And she tapped away on her keyboard and she said, oh, yes, uh, there's a, a whole bunch of stuff here for Starship Troopers. And I said, oh, fantastic. Uh, when will it be out? And she said, oh, no, I can see it all here, but we didn't order any of it. <laughs> and I said, right, uh, okay, so you're not getting anything. And she said, no. And I said, you didn't even get any sort of complimentary stuff or anything like that? No, nothing. Never heard of it until you just told me about it. And I said, Okay, well, well, thank you so much for your time. And um, the main thing, of course, I wanted was the um, the large scale warrior bug, who is is actually a really big figure. He's a, a huge chunk of plastic. And uh, so I forgot about it. <clears throat> and about twelve months later, uh, I was at a comic convention in Sydney, and I just happened to walk past one of those uh, booths where somebody's just selling all kinds of stuff, um, no real theme to it, just stuff they've picked up everywhere and anywhere. Uh, and sure enough, sitting on one of the, the back shelves of a particular booth was this bright red box with the Starship Troopers uh, logo on it. Uh, and there was the warrior bug. And uh, I, I said to the fellow, you know, how much is that? And he went, oh, I'm not really sure. And he, he picked it up and he wandered over and he said, oh, the box is a little beaten up and uh, whatnot. And he said, oh, how about, you know, we just make it 30 bucks. And I went, yeah, I can do that. And uh, he uh, he remains my, my sole piece of Starship Troopers merchandise. And, uh, yeah, I never got anything beyond that. But um, he's a, a really big figure because they've got those huge – I mean, he's a, a giant sort of insect if you haven't seen the film. He's this very large four-legged um, – sort of insect type thing with these huge mandibles and he's got this really nifty thing where you press a, a button on his back or his back whatever you want to call it um and the big mandibles open and close uh, um <clears throat> certainly out of the box yeah he really is a, a giant figure it's a it's a lot of fun and well, i'm glad to have picked him up because uh yeah he's actually pretty darn cool i remember that line but i hadn't seen the movie so oh yeah really yep. didn't None of it had really appealed to me. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of regret that now, obviously, because 
because there's some cool stuff in that line. But the, the bugs were really, really well done. Um, yeah, yeah. The ones I've seen. And uh, I've never actually found some found out, but I'm pretty sure they did a hopper bug as well, which was the um, the sort of the flying type one. And I'm I'm not sure whether it was actually done in the same scale or not, or whether the um, the warrior bug was the only big one like that. So, but I've just never really seen any other merchandise in my travels. So, but yeah, yeah. very cool. Hmm, it is. I love it. Yeah, I, I think that movie stands up really. Um, even effects wise, I think it stands up. Yeah, today. yeah, yeah. There's, uh, if anyone has a, a special edition of any kind, there's a, a really good um, uh, in the extras, a really good making of that actually explains the the agony <clears throat> they had to go through with the CGI rendering and, and how some of the battle scenes were. Um, there was so much happening that it was taking them um, several hours to render a single frame. Because it was back in the day where they had all their their sort of four eight sixes um, networked together in a room, trying to uh, yeah take advantage of the early CGI. Yeah, yeah, cool one, cool one, nice pick, Ben. And now it comes to the time that everybody's been waiting for. <laughs> the letter X. <laughs> and I was going to cheat and go with something I don't have, um, which. I will leave aside, and I won't tell you what that is. Uh, but I'm going to go with the vintage X-Wing. Oh, nice. It's, yeah. It's vintage. Oh. And um, I I was actually telling this story the other day, and it, it just so happened that I, I was telling the story that I got X. Um, I really wanted, I, you know, I like I said, I had all the, the original figures before, you know, right, right when I could. And um, uh, I really wanted an X-Wing because, you know, you could see it on the back of the package and, mm, mm. you know. Obviously, it's that cool Luke Skywalker, you know, needs to have a ship kind of thing. Um, and I think I had had the land speeder, so, you know, you get the little catalog, and you're looking at the, the catalog going, oh, yeah, the, the X-Wing, want that. And um, it was like some insurmountable amount of money, like, you know, 15 bucks or something <laughs> at the store, which to, to six-year-old me was a lot of money um, that I didn't have. Yes. And I just happened to be, my mom was doing a craft show. She had a little, you know, stall at a craft show. And, uh, I was in the parking lot and it was winter. And I remember, um, finding a, uh, $20 bill laying, Ooh. you know, in the snow. Oh. And, uh, I, I showed it to my dad and he said, well, let's go inside and, um, you know, we'll see if anybody's lost it. And so we did, we went up to the main table and they said no. And so, um, they said, well, you know, as long as nobody claims it by the end of the day, you, you know, you can, you can have it. My parents told me that. So, um, I actually used that money and I, I got my X-Wing. Remember, that's how I got it. So, Excellent. Uh, yeah. Excellent. And it, it, you know, it has the little push in R2D2 and it made, made that horrible motor sound <laughs> that I don't think mine makes anymore. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, the cool thing about the, the vintage X-Wing, especially like the one I have is I have the pre, battle damage one mm. um so i've actually got a clear canopy on mine that's that's yellowing but um you don't normally see that and the next one that came out was a little grayer a little darker um you know mine's mine's more of the white one with uh really bright decals on it so mm. uh, uh, kind of fun excellent so, yeah so i picked i picked x-wing so hey, there you go good stuff i, I would have been in trouble I, I think i would have been limited to uh x-23 and Zorn from uh, two Marvel Legends figures. And that was pretty much it for me. Yeah, same. <laughs> well, I have two or three other X-Wings, so mm. I guess I could do other versions. 
could have done the X-Wing retrospective. Yeah, the the one I was actually going to pick was um, was Zaymot from G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. I don't have one. I, I've looked at them before, but I don't have one, so uh, okay. go that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. There was also like an X-Jet, I think, in the, uh, true. the X-Wing Classics or whatever it was, line, but I never owned one. No. Mm. no. i got to think there's more X-Men stuff out there that would qualify. Hmm. Yeah. Like an X-Base or an x Executioner? Does it start with X? Uh, Wasn't there a toy biz Executioner? Yeah, maybe. Probably. And of course, Dark Horse actually have a character called X. I just don't know whether he's ever received an action figure. I can think of. I was trying to come up with a Star Wars figure that started with X, and I could not think of one. There's got to be one, but I couldn't come up with it. Hmm. 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 Very good. Oh, that wraps up our uh, ABCs of toy collecting for the week. And... After that, we will come back with a bit of feedback. To you, Goku, my greatest pupil with a tail. I entrust this ancient dragon boy. Keep it and the others from the evil emperor. And while fearsome creatures may stand in your way and be your lunch, you'll also have many allies, even Bulma. Two brave warriors, fast-kicking Krillin and sword-swinging Yamcha, will help you defeat the emperor and his evil fighters. Action figures and collectible figures from Bandai. Well, before we wrap the show up for the week, we have a little bit of feedback for you from our listeners. And uh, if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, just email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. Uh, you can ping us on Facebook. You can tweet at us. Uh, you can go on the forum and, and leave us some feedback. You can leave us a review in iTunes. Um, or you could get on the subreddit and give us some commentary that way. This week, we have a small amount of feedback, and John, I'll let you go crazy with it. Yeah, I just wanted to say, uh, apologize to Rockmaster Angelo. He was having uh, problems downloading last week's episode. Um, uh, he eventually got it, but uh, just wanted to say sorry for that. Um, you know, our, our technical elves, I'm sure, were working hard behind the scenes to figure out what was <laughs> going on there. And uh, Figure Fan Zero jumped in there with a little, you know, saying that he wasn't having problems. So um, anytime you guys, you know, have problems um you can always go to go to twitter or go to one of our um our social media channels and definitely let us know you know if you can't get the episode because we don't want to we don't want you missing out so um you know definitely let us know right away because chances are if you're having the problem somebody else is and you know we don't we don't want to have that happen so true there you go true true Hmm. very good that brings us to the end of the week's episode gentlemen so thank you very much for your input been a pleasure as always. Indeed, it has. Thanking you. It's the first time I've been on in a while. Hmm. Good to have you back. Yes. Yeah. All right. See you next week. Bye, sir. Bye. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, the Pop Culture Superstore, Bam Kapow, and Davy Boy's Toys. You can find us on Twitter at afblues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening.